This is season two, episode 27. This is Faith Over Breakfast. We just did a great podcast on Rob Bell. Among other things. Among other things. It was fun. And uh, Andy is back. I am back. Yes. Yeah. And uh, hey. And he didn't even know that we had another podcast without him. So that was pretty funny. I'll have to go back and check it out. Yeah, you should. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. Hey, good morning, Eric. Good morning. (laughs) It's been, uh, we, we skipped a week. It's weird. Yeah, we well, you skipped a week. I skipped a week. I did not skip a week. Oh, did you record? Yeah, there's a podcast up. We put it up oh. yesterday. Yeah. Who who'd you record with? Uh, Mark and Corey. Oh, okay. Two elders. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Wow. Okay. Well, look at that. Yeah. I thought we skipped a week. Yeah. I was uh I was at the lake. Um, you the lake, a week. the one lake, the only lake, and it was nice. Had a little getaway with the family for spring break, and um, let's see. I got a I got a sinus infection in the midst of that. And Congratulations! I, yeah, thank you. You won something, right? <laughs> yeah. So so that's nice. So I got I got a little uh, bonus. I got to actually the the interesting thing was we got home and I was going to kind of work the rest of the week and I mean I got an inner ear infection and ended up just really having to lay on the couch on one side to relieve that and then ended up on antibiotics. So. I watched a lot of Father Brown oh, um, on Father Netflix yeah. and laid on the couch. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Which is actually sort of nice. Yeah, I bet. So anyway, uh, hey, I threw out at you this morning. Um, yeah, I was I was downtown with a buddy and just was reminded that uh, that Rob Bell is coming through town. Yeah, Rob Bell is and coming so, through town. And so he he was like, hey, "What do you think of Rob Bell?" And um, actually, yeah, I would. He, we've we've brought up his name before. Yeah, but I would. Uh, I, I would be, I would be interested to hear his talk that yeah. down at the Rialto Theater. Um, I'm, I am interested in in Rob Bell. I heard him when I was young at a youth convention. Thought he was a great speaker. Was very intrigued. Was into the Numa videos that he put out and stuff like that. So that was that was me. And um, I today am more just I'm curious how he would phrase things and do things. I wouldn't call myself. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really asking rob bell what to believe per se right um but but i'd be interested but i i'd i'm probably not gonna drop 30 bucks to go that's not too bad really i thought we were talking like a hundred dollars i didn't actually i didn't either i don't know um but (laughs) i don't know how much it costs to go see rob bell (laughs) yeah i have no idea he was at um he was at 191 tool smaller venue last year and i was like maybe I'll, i'll go hear how he's phrasing things these days and i didn't do it um, but I'd be, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in, in how he's talking. To me. I've, I've, every once in a while I watch something and you know, like what is Oprah specials or, or whatever. And it's, a, it's an interesting thing to have heard him in the context of like, uh, church saturated world and now yes. seeing him in a very different space. Yes. Anyway, what's a, did you ever get into Rob Bell? Well, I've never got to see Rob Bell. I've never had that experience outside of the video mm. world. But, oh, I, wow. but Velvet Elvis, I mean, the first book that Rob wrote um, was, uh, well, I think, life-transforming for a lot of people. I, I think that Rob... And, I never read it. 
his I, core. I read other stuff about that. Really wants people to connect with God in a deep way. I mean, I think he, he does want that. Um, I think he's shaped by his own story out of coming out of a more fundamentalist background. And so in some ways he is a reaction to that. Mm-hmm. What is his, do you know his like personal well, it's, story? I don't. Uh, what I do know is it's pretty mainline evangelical mm. um, Michigan. Michigan, right. Yes. Yeah. So it, it has that kind of flavor to it. But uh, I don't think it's like fundamentalist and where, you know, head coverings and, you know, lots yeah. and lots of rules about how you dress and associate with culture and things like that. But certainly it was a place that preached, you know, you are being saved from hell is a, a definite, I think, theme in that. And, uh, and, a, and I think the idea of damnation is a big part of his story and trying mm. to, to wrestle with that and understand what grace and peace means. And, and then, you know, his story picks up once he begins to realize that Christianity is built on the shoulders of Judaism, so he becomes quite a student. He's very interested in Judaism. Yes, of rabbinical Judaism in particular, I Mm -hmm. think, and its understanding of the narrative of Scripture, yeah, um, the Old Testament in particular. So, I mean, I think Rob Bell brings, I mean, this movie, or the, excuse me, documentary that you told me to watch. Heretic. Heretic. I actually didn't. I didn't say you to watch it. I just well, said it was. There was a documentary really, out on Amazon. I'm. I would like to see it. I just it haven't. Sounded really fascinating. So yeah. I uh, canceled my morning appointment. Sorry, morning appointment, and uh, watched the show because I, I wanted. I like. I like Rob Bell. I think Rob Bell makes me think. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like you said go to to uh, understand what I believe, but right. he really makes me think about things. Um, sometimes in ways to kind of answer questions that he's trying to answer in a different way, but in a way that maybe, you know, the Christianity that I grew up in doesn't have a, a sufficient answer for. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, and just to speak to that point, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be one of the, the people that gets on and just is like uh, down with Rob Bell. Um, yeah, I don't think that's helpful. And Though I, I'm not looking to him for answers. I, I, I do want to just say that I've always thought, A, he's an excellent speaker. I just he's enjoyable to listen to. Um and and I do like that he um you know, is, is willing to look at things from another angle and I've always appreciated that. Um something that I noticed in him a long time ago that somebody when I was in youth ministry, one of the parents mentioned, because I'd I'd used some of his videos. And they said, you know, he um, he doesn't preach Christ crucified. And I went and I really like went through the whole catalog of all of his stuff that I had. And I went, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see much of that. I didn't read Velvet Elvis. That's where he might have. Um, but that was an interesting observation that made me think. Um, but I also didn't think like he's horrible. Let's like um, – demolish his whole reputation right because he doesn't preach christ crucified but it but it also made me think how critical do i think christ crucified is and if i think it's very critical and you know kind of a linchpin to all of this then what does it mean for someone to have a, a whole theology of jesus that doesn't talk about that well and i think where rob bell wrestles with the cross is in particular and what jesus says on the cross which is you know my god my god why have you forsaken me 
um, that that you know, and his his famous comment, and that is that at that moment God becomes an atheist, in the sense that God Himself is internally wrestling with Himself, you know, in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Trinitarian understanding of God, and so there's this moment where Jesus, as a human, feels as if God has abandoned him. Right. Um, and so there he he addresses things on the cross. Um, certainly, his understanding of atonement. It's much different than the traditional mode. What is it? What is his understanding? I, of I don't. Atonement? I don't know that I. From what I've. Yeah, I think his understanding of atonement would rest pretty strongly with um, God. For so you know that God loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Right. That whosoever believed in Him, like that idea. John three sixteen through. But then uh, dot 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 no shall not perish. Part is a right. little more right. um, sticky for him. Well, I think, yes. What does that mean? What does it mean? Um, and how does that work itself? It's out in that the fact, I think he would move even further down in that passage, the clarity of there is no condemnation in Christ. Right. And, what does that mean? Yes. And to who does that apply? And Yeah, all that kind of stuff. I think he would. So, but my problem is with Christian, the Christianity's critique of Rob Bell is that they they want to say that he's leaped outside of orthodoxy and therefore he is a heretic. And honestly, I certainly think, yes, he's pushed up on the edge and I disagree with a lot of his views and I wouldn't suggest that people follow him. But I would actually say the same thing about John Piper. I would say about a lot of people that I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't suggest that you follow him. I suggest that you look at critically of what they have to say and try to understand that. Listen and consider. In particularly the places that you can find that they are good at what they talk. I mean, they have good things to say about what they are. They're, they're, they're experts in that particular space to talk about those things. Now, one, one um, just to take this a completely different direction sure, for a fine. second. Um, I, I was thinking about, cause my, when I saw the title of the documentary, you know, heretic and, and I've, I don't know that I've actually ever heard – I'm sure there, there's so many blogs out there. I'm sure people call him a heretic. But I haven't ever heard anybody in my circles say Rob Bell's a heretic. I have. Yeah. Oh, well, that says something your about circles. your circles. Mm-hmm. Well, no, your um, circles. <laughs> heard them say he's a heretic. Well, I, I mean, yeah. if you're saying reform circles, then yes, I've heard him. I'm talking about people I know. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't been in I'm not – I don't go into the – I don't delve deep into anybody's chat rooms or I, I just don't care. Um, but the friends of mine, nobody's going, oh, my gosh, he's a heretic. I think people are going, oh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know about that. You know, but but at the same time, I think they would – you know, we've had the same discussion about John MacArthur right. you know, recently, like friends of mine where we go, dude, you really need to do this? Like I don't know that this is helpful. Um, and so all, all that to say – but then I started thinking about – the word heretic and I actually just, I was like, what does it mean? You know, and it's to kind of like stray from the orthodox understanding of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, in that definition, then sure. I think he's strayed from the like consensus of, of some you know, on certain points. Um, right. And, and I don't know, there, there's a part of me that thought, I think, I think in the past, now there was definitely a, a time when, heresies such as even not you know being clear on the trinity would would lose you'd lose your head yes so a right now to not so dangerous to be for, a heretic for someone to put a movie out it's almost in the u.s in the u.s yeah but it almost is like sexy it's almost 
Yeah, well, Rob it's, Bell is sexy. I mean, you know, is he? That, I don't. Well, that's the way he's portrayed. Yeah, but it, he's very. It's he's it's cool. alluring. It's interesting. Yeah, like to true. be a heretic is probably going to sell more books than to not be one. Yeah. Um, though, though, in the documentary, he talks about when Love Wins comes out. You know, before that, he was packing places out and getting bigger, bigger venues. Oh yeah. And then he does the Love Wins tour, and he literally would have fifty people in these gigantic. I believe that. So he did. He did pay in the beginning. He alienated, and and he had to know he was going to. I think. Yeah, no, but he, he alienated his his audience that he'd built. Yes. You know, he he'd built something within. I mean, honestly, within conservative Christianity, Christianity, and then began to like take issue with certain things within that, and not and and not all of which I disagree with, by the way. Um, but I think when you do that, that's going to happen. You're going to shrink that audience. And then I think he's now moved to another audience that I'm suspecting is bigger, potentially. Bigger. I mean, when they show the book things and people are talking, uh, the the major theme is I used to be a fundamentalist. Right. And you have really helped me gain a new appreciation for the Bible and for God and for the pursuit of God. That's yeah. this theme that you hear a lot yeah. through this. And, and, I, I, would, and I would yeah. – yeah, there's and that's a large group. Yes. I don't know how many people – I watched one of his Oprah talks in which he he interpreted a scripture um, and it was the one that we're being renewed day by day. Yes. And I just thought – I thought, man, A, the the way he interpreted it, he has to know. If, if, if somebody just sat down with him and said, do you think that's what the Apostle Paul meant – like just as a student of literature, right. he, the answer would have to be absolutely not. It just wasn't. Right. I, I just it was interesting because I thought if well, you're if you're a if you really are asking the question, what does the Bible say? It's hard to track with some of the stuff he's saying these yes. days. I, I think that here's here's where I like Rob Bell, and here's where I don't like Rob Bell. Yeah. At least in, in let's say I don't know his most latest iteration, which I would call the Oprah Oprah iteration, the Oprah iteration, yeah, which is the most recent, yeah. But, is that when it comes to the Old Testament, he is really good, and he's good at making connections. And in fact, he's good at making connections to Jesus within the Old Testament, sure. of, you especially know, as as like the great rabbi. Yes, and and also just as the one who is kind of reorienting this whole process. But, yeah, you know, and I mean, and he's good at making like so. In the video, he makes one connection of so in Egypt. You have slave. You know the the Hebrews are slaves, and the God of the Hebrews comes along and says, basically, no, this isn't right, and therefore, you know, I'm going to call my people out, and I and and God and God shows that He can destroy all the other gods who basically are saying slavery is okay. It's okay to do all these things, and then He links that very well to um, Solomon building the temple and using slaves and how mm. this. Is complete, they've completely turned their back on the value system of, sure. of their God. That's a really beautiful thing. And then he can connect that down to Jesus, um, which is a really cool thing. He does a good job. When he gets into the New Testament, I, I lose Rob Bell because he's hermeneutic and the way he approaches things is just like, uh, Rob, I don't know what you're talking about. What does hermeneutic mean? And explain his hermeneutic and uh, versus yeah. what would be a more appropriate one in your mind. Well, you know, it's it's kind of like you're trying to explain um, 
What was it last time we were talking about? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> no, it's it's his approach and study of scripture and how the, he, and, the way he'd study and yeah, interpret studies interpret scripture. Um, his in particular is so literary, so he approaches okay. things <clears throat> with uh, maybe a, like without a specific foundation. He's not saying I need to stay to these particular rules. I have a bigger set of rules and understanding literature that a normal biblical scholar would use. So he he's approaching things with a little more freedom. He uses culture as one of his his devices yeah. to understand. So not not the local culture of the scripture, but present culture. Today's to culture. To read through that culture then into the scripture which allows him to move the scripture out of its context at some level. Yeah. yeah. Which is what I felt happened with that verse um you know that, you know though our outer selves are wasting away we're being renewed day by day. I felt like he didn't the the whole message was um you know things are basically what was it? It was like um we've only just begun, like things are going to get better. And he was kind of talking to a group of women about like, as you're aging and stuff, like your, your best days are in front of you. Sure. And I, I just went just for fun. And I read that, like the, just the four surrounding chapters of Paul. And I just went, that's just not what Paul was talking about. No, it's not what Paul's talking Not about. even close. And it, it was just interesting. I went, wow. I, he just felt a lot of freedom to use the Bible to say a thing it didn't say. Right. To use the words of it, which I think because people go, oh, it's a it's a scripture that it carries some weight and yeah. say a different thing with it. Now a lot of Definitely. pastors do that. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I, it's I, not and, and some many who are acceptable in sure. evangelical circles, but it was a it was an interesting thing to see on a on an Oprah stage. Yeah, it was an interesting thing to watch. So I think maybe I mean things would be interesting to me to talk about with you is things that I think Broad Bell is doing well, and yeah. I think that we have to address. And one is. The way that he says the Bible critiques the U.S. Sure. And the, yeah, let's, and let's the start church itself. So he talks about how it critiques the flag. The flag does not mm-hmm. critique the Bible. Or, and so yeah. that, that's an interesting idea um, in that. I haven't heard Rob Bell work this out, but my gut assumption is it's not going to bother me much. No. I mean, well, yeah. he, I think he works out a lot of it. To say, like, look, whatever the major themes of Scripture are, and the theme, and the and the trajectory of Jesus, that has to be applied to our understanding of our leaders, to our understanding right. of our identity as a nation, and a, our understanding yeah, yeah. as a church. And I think what he he points out in particular in this most recent election, how connected, like, so the the evangelical leadership is to Donald Trump to the yeah. point where you know Franklin Graham is saying. That he gets elected because of the many, many prayers of, you know, the people of the right. U.S. And there was he, a great Babylon Bee article about you know the no collusion thing that all of the evangelicals are excited that that Trump's only major sins lately were paying off porn stars and covering over his affairs. Right. No, I mean, in, in the, <laughs> and it was like, ooh, <laughs> but true. I mean, yes. totally true. Yeah, and I think that yeah. at, at that point is where he's he also, and I think. You know, I, he really does push for the fact that Jesus is about the downtrodden and the yeah. weak. And I think his other critique that I I don't know where you stand on this, and would be interesting to hear this is that like he really believes that we are to be saved into the present, 
as much as we are to be saved oh, yeah. into the future. Um, and so that he, he critiques our, our churches, the churches yeah. need to disappear and, and yeah. looking at its art over the last, you know, 500 yeah. years and, you know, all the pictures yeah. of us going up into oh, the yeah. clouds and all that kind of I, stuff. I, I have no issue. And, and it, when I, and I did read Love Wins closely and I thought that his emphasis on not just escaping the world was, I mean, I thought that was ab- absolutely, um, accurate. I, you know, I took that, that didn't rub me wrong at all. I was like, yeah, good point. You know, this idea that's just like, oh, there's just heaven, hell, all the bad people burn and we all go to some euphoric place and everything here and now doesn't matter. And I don't, I don't see any warrant for that, you know, in in the, I mean, I could see how someone could interpret scriptures to say that, but I see a lot of pushback within the scriptures against that. And I think Rob Bell makes good points when he brings it up. So, I mean, I think that's that's something that we have to talk about continually is mm-hmm. just what, you know, we don't belong to these rulers. We belong right. to Jesus, our yeah. king. Oh, yeah. And a king has rules and a king has a way of being. And we really have to think carefully about what we're invited into from Jesus and what we're being invited into by the culture and the rulers around us. And do they really fit into kingdom values and are we should we be participating in those things and how are we participating in those things now on the i think because rob bell presents a very positive um like view on on things like so it's just an interesting detail with all this is you know cuz he talks about the downtrodden and the oppressed and and stuff like that but i think one of the things that you see in the scriptures is like the the judgment of God is something that is to be feared by the oppressor and, and su- stuff like that. Like that's a thing that I don't see coming through in Rob. I, I hear him talking about we need to advocate for the oppressed. We need to do these things. Um, we shouldn't be um, promoting this nationalism. But one – I mean I would just guess. If I had to guess, I would say in a lot of our – the old guard, the people that are, you know, that have influenced us, you know, saw World War II um, and just a depth of darkness within the world that, you know, I have not seen. Um, and I don't know. I just wonder, like, some of those people that that saw that kind of stuff might have been a little more prone to say, like, there better be a, a judge. There better be a judge that doesn't take the gas chambers lightly. Sure. You know, not one that just goes and goes, you know what? We should just be kind and we shouldn't do this anymore because that's only one side of the coin. Like we shouldn't do this anymore and we should be kind doesn't right. push hard enough against oppression. But out of all of that, you know, America grew its identity as yeah. one who is the arm of God's justice. No, and that's – all right. I know. And that's that's another – that's a trick, right? Is yeah. like you can go, you can decide that we are the agent of God to bring about his judgment every time we see fit. And that's problematic. But there's, I'm just saying there's sides to this sure. spectrum. Well, it's more complex. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, where Rob Bell, you know, and you and I would part is we don't think things are getting better. We think things are getting worse and will continue to get, to get worse until. I think I think there's a a constant state of in some places and times things are getting a little better and in, then they're getting a lot worse in other areas. Sure. There's always kind of this counterbalancing. Right. 
Yeah. But the world is still spiraling towards the end. Right. It's not, you know, until Jesus comes back and makes things new. I, I guess I would agree with you in the sense that here's where I disagree with Rob Bell, even on the church, is that in all of its fundamentalism, in all of its, you know, Catholic weirdness over the last, <laughs> you know, 2,000 years and goodness, sure. the church has carefully taken care of the poor. I mean, it's, I, I have to laugh like... You know, we were all like, we want the Canadian health care plan. You know who started the Canadian health care plan? A Baptist yeah. preacher in a little town. It's his plan, you know. Yeah. You look at where people are being taken care of, it's the church. Yeah. The church How does it at levels. hospitals were started by, you know, at some point? If the, if, if the church just said, okay, fine, you, you say we don't help, we're removing every ounce of relief that we offer the world, right. the world would be devastated. Oh, yeah. Because... People who aren't following Jesus don't, I mean, don't give a care. They really don't. Yeah, people are going to argue with me who are saying, I don't believe in Jesus, I, don't care, I care. No, you don't. It's evidenced by the way you act as a whole. Um, you don't. And that's that's been historically documented over the last 2,000 some odd years. You don't care. You haven't cared. And when you do care, it's because Christians said you should care. And, and Or... or- Man, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm struggling with that statement a little because I'm like, well, I, should. I know I know folks I think truly care, but I think Christianity offers. But I would argue that they yeah. truly care because historically Christianity has given them a reason to care because it's yeah. developed an image of God. Yeah. Like the idea that the humans bear the image of God and are worth, you know, being treated carefully and, and, and with honor, not an idea that was there before Jesus. Yeah. I mean, and, if you were a, in Hebrew culture, that idea kind of existed if you were a Hebrew. Well, I would assume there are all sorts of heathen cultures where, like, somebody might care for their favorite son or they might care for the, the person that they just, you know, that they loved deeply. Sure. But the the resource that Christianity adds is an ability to care for people you don't – like, to look at what Christ did and he yeah. comes in and cares for people who don't love him, who reject him. Sure. And a lot of Christians miss this, but I think Christianity brings a moral imperative and a resource to be able to do that that's incredible. Right. Well, yeah. and I, my thing is like I would agree on an individual level people love, but I would, but you, to understand these things and their impact on the world, you have to understand them mm-hmm. as a like a I, group. I, I see what you're saying. I know. So yeah, it's yeah, like as individuals, yes, as groups, no. Yeah, I mean Christians came in. And started taking care of all of the children the Romans would toss out into the forest or try to get rid of. They would bury the dead that didn't belong to them. And they stayed together and took care of each other. So why do you think that the church, by and large, right now, in our context, doesn't give off what, I mean, whether it's doing that and people just don't notice or if we've kind of lost that identity, why? Well, I think we're still doing it and people don't notice. Yeah. My, My favorite thing, I mean... I was just talking to one of the women in our social work who's in the social work program at ASU, and they were talking about how when crises happen, like, yep. you know, when they have refugees yep. coming in, they don't call, there's nobody to call except the church. Right. The church is the only one that's yep. going to take them in, and they're really thankful for the church, which they then spend the rest of the classes bashing the, bashing church. the church. Right. So I think some of it is, is because the church says, look, like, if you don't follow this way, then you're not going to be saved. Our whole message has become about your salvation in the sense of going to hell or not going to hell. Right. We've not invited them into a life that is bigger and greater um, and let them meet Jesus and come to their conclusions about, you know, why they'd want to be with him and, you know, and what 
and what you're, the So you're kind of saying that like the we should open the door for people to come in and experience Christian community sooner rather than saying like, all right, um, like if they came in and experienced some of this, like the ways that we engage, the ways that we serve, that they might be more intrigued about a relationship with Jesus rather than saying, look, you know, get the heaven, hell thing straight and then you can come in. Well, and I think we should probably rarely preach heaven and hell and always preach lordship. There's a king. The king has a way of doing things. We're part of the kingdom. We're inviting you to come join the king. Yeah. You'll find out that it, well, there is a, you because you, you know, Paul says in Ephesians chapter uh, five, you were darkness. You right. are now light because of Christ. So once you submit to the king, you're not going to know dark and light. Yeah. And then you can come to your conclusions about hell and those kinds of things. But if you're in the darkness and people are telling you you're going to hell, you're either going to be a little kid and afraid and want to get out of hell, or you're which isn't like, isn't the reason that God's yeah. ever intended that you come into the kingdom. Just you know, it's not like you know it, that'd be like I don't know. It's the motive of it's like a, a dad saying to his kids, like, "Hey, um, you know, let's let's go on vacation, or I'm going to kill you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much the. I yeah. think you have rev, uh, revolutionized the message. There it is. It's like that. That wouldn't be. That's not going to be a good vacation. That like no good dad wants his kids to come because they just don't want to be killed. He wants them to come because they love the family and they yeah. want to be near. And yeah. And then. Um, awesome. Anyway, there I you never go. Thought about it that way. Good. I, good. Good. Good picture. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I agree. Like I think that. I mean, I I think that there are all sorts of horrors that must come with being separated from all the goodness that is within God, and that that's really sad. But I think that wanting to be near God and be under a good King is are the reasons yes. that you would enter in, right? Yes. Yeah, right. And that there's some hope built into it. Oh yeah, like a hope of renewal, a hope of yeah. healing, a hope of deliverance from your brokenness. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Yes, I mean we read the end of, end of Daniel. We just finished Daniel, Daniel twelve. Yeah, it's it is the the narrative that develops heaven and hell and resurrection. Yeah. I mean, it says that you know some will you know all will die and some will rise to eternal damnation right. and others will rise to be you know to inherit right. um, a good inheritance. Yeah, like you know, these stars in the sky and you know. Now, okay, so and you guys are doing Daniel. We just finished, yeah. Yeah, and we're – I mean, one thing – so we've been in, in First John. We're in First John 2. So the only other thing I had thought about while I was driving over here is, you know, if there's anything I picked up from First John, it's First, – First John is definitely a letter that's addressing people who have deviated from the teaching of Christ. Right. And it's a, kind of a warning to people not to follow them, not to be surprised – um, but also to to understand that you know there's not not all the the teachings are um, in line with Christ, and that even kind of some like subtle things like if if you say that Jesus didn't come in the flesh, it's not the same message, you know. Right. Um, and so just just in light of that, I mean, thinking like, yeah, the Apostle John didn't mince where he called people liars. He said, you know, he also said if you if you say you're you're sinless. You're lying, you know? And mm-hmm. I can think of Christian churches and people who 
could hear that, you yes, know? Sure. Um, so in light of, I think we are scared to call people heretics. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think historically, I think we are a little averse to disagreeing mm-hmm. with people. And, and I think historically there used to be more of a, an openness to go, no, uh-uh, like, and have that argument and not think that that was a hateful thing to do, but to think that was a productive conversation to have. Sure. So what do we do with that in light of like the Rob Bells and us? And, well, I actually you know. think, I guess where I would disagree with you is I don't actually think it was healthy. I mean, if you think of uh, all the, the, the issues that Wesley, John Wesley had to deal with, um, and with in Whitfield and all they they would go after each other all the time. The different. I'm not necessarily saying them or I, I'm. There have been times where it's been way too much. Yes. Like I mean, if you look at um, Arminianism and Calvinism have been at war with each other for 500 years. Yeah, and uh, I mean, oh, gosh, what was that other Luther and uh, hmm. Oh, you mean Zwingli? Zwingli and yeah. and like the. The ways that they divided over the Lord's Supper, yes. in retrospect, to me, are it's too bad. It what, really is too bad. It's sad. But and some of that was Luther. Yeah. Um, oh, a lot of it was Luther. <laughs> well, and Zwingli was a nationalist. Yes, but, like big time. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, nationalism for Zwingli, the Lord's so, Supper for Luther. There were yes. there were issues, right? Yes. So I'm not saying all of that's good, but I think our our tendency to be like, I mean, even to go. I, I was thinking about, you know, everybody hates like when John Piper said farewell Rob Bell in a tweet. But I had to I looked back at that and I thought, that's just so not that bad. Yeah, I guess if in it the, were just that. I don't I mean Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying like He said some other things about, you know, storms and judgment and Yeah. I, <laughs> well he referenced another article in that tweet, but yeah. but the um my point is I understand what you're saying. Like maybe we need a slightly thicker skin too to say like it's okay within religious circles to disagree. Yes. And say that's wrong. And that doesn't mean you're like a judgmental mean you know, come on. Like Yeah. No, I mean I Rob Bell's taking issue with things. Like Yeah, he is. And and I mean, and it's we tend to when when somebody's taking issue with the things that we don't understand, we're like, Yeah, that's great. And then when they're taking issue and I feel like that's what I see in politics, like all the Republicans are are like, man, eh, you know, the Democrats don't listen and they're judgmental. And the Democrats are like, ah, oh, the Republicans don't listen and they're judgmental. Like, what if you just – what if you had more open discourse or you – and I think mature people do. Yeah, I think mature people can have some open discourse. I mean, I think it's – what what can, what can we talk about that's good? I mean, I think that's part of the issue. Is yeah. I mean, I do think we need to disagree, and we do need to have we need to work hard issues up. And and one of the hard issues, you know, I think that Rob Bell brings up um, is how does the church, you know, deal with the the gay movement and the you know LGBTQRSTW like the whole well, you know you got gender. You're, you're aware of some. Yeah, there's there's many ones you I've know 157 genders. And I, I don't say that tongue in cheek. I mean, there's there's this world that we live in as a as a community of God that we have to speak to, and it's a hard issue. And so there's going to be disagreement, and we have to wrestle with it, and we have to talk about it. And I think we avoid that issue altogether. Oh, yeah. We don't want to talk about it. We just say, ah, you know, God didn't say, you know, two Steves or whatever it is. So that's it. Yeah. You know, when we move on, like we, it was Adam and Eve. It wasn't Adam yeah, and Steve. Steve. Yeah, that that kind, of, that kind of thing. And so we don't we don't deal with the issues at at a heart level. And and I think one of the things I went that was the one thing I went 
digging for today was what does Rob Bell have to say about homosexuality? And he <laughs> skirted the issue completely. Yeah. I mean, mostly what he says is that he believes in fidelity and he believes in monogamy, but he believes that you should have the right to be with somebody you love. But one point he does make in his position that I thought is important, and it's something that we need to deal with is people like you and I who would say we're orthodox Christians, that we find ourselves staunchly in the middle of orthodoxy and not on the sides, is that, you know, he was talking about when you tell somebody who believes that their identity is yeah. something that they are a deviant, especially when they're younger and teenagers, that's why there's such a high suicide rate. And part of our message has been destructive. Now, it doesn't mean that there isn't truth in our message, but the way we have gone alongside yeah. people to care for them, not good. I mean, it's not been good. It's, um, we haven't sure. done it in a healthy way. And I don't know if we can stop the fringes of our community not doing it in a healthy way, but we need to begin to change the narrative and begin right. to have more complex ways of talking about it and answering the question. And so I, I think that's one issue to that we that Rob Bell brings up that we have to wrestle with, you know. Well, I think I mean every I mean every issue everybody's bringing up is worth wrestling with. Yeah. But doesn't mean everybody's going to agree. Right. No, they don't. We then I think we're going to have to have some hard talks about it. And I I think that's just the part that distresses me a little bit is I I feel like there's I, I you know and and I don't know this, but I would hope I would and this is what I think kind of isn't happening. I wish that some of Rob Bell's buddies, like friends from back in the day when they, you know, when and people who would still say like, no, I don't agree with you, Rob, but I hope they're still getting lunch and right, talking. Right, and talking things through. Yeah, and I don't know if they are, yeah. right? I have no idea. But I would I would hope that they would and on bo for both of their sakes that that Rob Bell wouldn't be saying you know, because of your weird views over here, I can't talk to you anymore. And they wouldn't say because of your weird views over here, I can't talk to you anymore. And I wish that the people similarly who today like are going to or, you know, this week or whenever are going to flock to the Rialto to watch Rob Bell and all the people who are going to go, you know, no way. I don't I would never listen to that guy. He's terrible. I wish those people were talking to each other, not because they saw eye to eye. But to try to understand and and work things out, and even to disagree face to face in love, to go, yeah. I don't, I think this is a really dangerous thing that you believe. Not to yell at each other or win or whatever. Yeah. But it just kind of what makes me sad is that it's like you just pick your side and block the other people out. Yeah, and, and I think sometimes what happens is even in like sometimes we're talking about a quarter and you're talking about the head side and I'm talking about the tail side right. and somehow we're convinced that there's no tail or head side and like we're arguing about this thing so fiercely and saying no it's tails it's all I can see is tails right. and you're like well but there's the heads and I think a lot of times even in Christianity we are having those arguments and sometimes we get so heated like with cross well was it you know and I'm not going to explain all these things, Bob. So if you know what they are, it's you know it's Christus Victor, or it's 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 a particular kind of atonement narrative, or it's you know, and you're you're wrestling with those, but they're all very, uh, they're all the part of the same coin. They're just it's not some people like other. to emphasize one yeah. and and hold on to that one because you know it's valuable to their tradition or to them personally or whatever, and so then it you lose the value of the other, right. Right in the middle of, you know, orthodoxy, forget all the outside stuff. And so I think, you know, I mean, people look at Christianity, you were asking, they look at Christianity and say, why are you so divided? 
why in the Protestant world is there, you know, 80 million Protestant denominations? And then you and I, well, you in particular, and our, <laughs> both our churches don't belong right. to anybody. We're independent churches. Which some people think is great, and, right, or well, it's just another one of the 80 million. We yeah. just have a little denomination yeah. all our own. Yeah, it's called Mission Denomination. Village Denomination. That's right. Yeah. In fact, I, I've even pondered with Rod what would it look like to start the Village Association. I, I know you have. Right? Yeah. And we would be you know, petitioning Mission Church to quickly join us. <laughs> so we would have two churches. <laughs> Man, the new, the new denomination. Yeah. So there you go. Sad. I mean, we're already split, and we know the answers, and we've got it all together. Well, on that note, (laughs) signing off. (laughs) Really? Yes. It's probably time to do that, huh? It is. Did we get anywhere talking about Rob Bell? I don't think we had to get somewhere. I think we worked it out. I think we had breakfast. I did. I had some Chick-fil-A. Yeah, yeah. So I I did get, you know, what was one of the emails? We got one email we get from our favorite person Uh who said that it's funny when we talk about the things, you know, the planes flying over and the trucks, because you can never hear them except once in a while. So oh. it's just kind of like we're talking about nothing. Something that isn't, isn't there. In their experience. Well, good. But they, they I've gotten repeated, like I've said, you know, what are you reading kind of thing. So yeah. I don't know. Are you reading anything new? Because I'm not. Man, I, uh, with with the little trip out sick, of town yeah. and being sick, um, I I am still reading Little Lamb Who Made Thee and The Iron Man I haven't finished either, and that is not a long book. So no. <laughs> I'm in the same... How about, how about movie? Have you seen a movie lately? Um, ooh, yeah, let's see. Uh, well, I've watched a lot of Father Brown, which I find really interesting. Um, have you watched any? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. The detective priest. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'm kind of on that right now. But let's see. Movies. We've watched some. I don't know. Nothing that's. Nothing that sticks out. Sticks out right All now. All right. Me neither. There you go. Yeah. Wow, that was a real letdown. Yeah. It was, you know, maybe, hey. maybe next time we can come a little more prepared for, you know, what we're reading. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> see you next week, everybody. Right. Bye. <laughs> 